Hey, this is Rodney Gage. I'm the pastor of Rethink Life Church in Orlando, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages and inspires you to live with a new perspective, make better choices, and have a greater impact with your life. Here's today's message. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Rethink Life Church Online. Hey, it's an honor to have you join with us today. And today we're in part three of a series that we're calling Ignite. We're learning what it means to live the Spirit-filled life. And today we're going to be talking about specifically how we can actually be Spirit-led in our decision-making. Because I'm sure that there are many of you that are watching right now who Perhaps you're in the fork of the road and you're trying to figure out maybe a sense of direction on how to make a wise decision that you're facing in your life. I'll never forget years ago, uh, we took a family vacation during the summertime. We actually went to Steamboat Springs, Colorado. It was absolutely gorgeous. And all of Michelle's side of the family were there. And so the kids, grandkids, there was a big group of us. And one of the uh, things that we enjoyed doing together was uh, riding the gondola up at the very top of the mountain. And we just kind of walked around all the beautiful uh, sites and all the trails to take advantage of. And so after several hours, because we were in a large group, and we had several uh, smaller children with us at the time. Uh, some of the other adults decided it was time to take the kids back home. Many were getting tired. And so therefore they decided to go ahead and ride the gondola all the way back down to the base of the mountain. However, my wife, Michelle and I and our daughter, Ashlyn, were not quite ready to call it a day. So we decided to ask one of the park rangers if there was a way that we could actually walk down to the base of the mountain. And the park ranger said, well, the only way that you can get down unless you take the gondola is to follow the signs because there's a actual trail that you can follow and you can take that trail all the way down. It actually goes under the gondola so that you can kind of use that as a point of reference knowing uh, how to get to the base of the mountain. Well, we began to go in that direction once everybody left and went uh, down to the base of the mountain. And as we started to approach the small little trail to take us down to the bottom of the mountain, um, we began to realize that we really didn't have the shoes that we actually needed to go down this steep, rocky, and in some ways almost like slippery um, trail. And so I actually told Michelle and my daughter, uh, Ashlyn, who was with us, I said, surely there's got to be another way. And so I actually saw a sign that said service road. And so we went over there and we took it upon ourselves to kind of check it out. And sure enough, it was this wide gravel road. And I told Michelle, so it's, it's got to take you all the way down to the bottom because trucks have to come back and forth. And so we started walking down this road and it felt right. It seemed like, and after about a mile or two into this long walk and we started getting a little tired, we also realized that we were moving in the direction that was the actual opposite direction from the base of the mountain. Sure enough, little did we know that that direction led us to about five miles away from the actual base of the mountain. 
And so after we got down to this highway in the middle of nowhere, we ended up having to walk back on the side of the road all the way to the base. And needless to say, we were absolutely exhausted when it was all said and done. Man, we were sore for days. But here's the thing that I want you to understand, and I think that's the point to remember about this experience that we had to experience the hard way. You know, there are going to be situations, there are going to be choices that we make in life. As a matter of fact, you probably have heard it said, we make our choices and then our choices make us. And I think there are many occasions where we find ourselves trying to make decisions and oftentimes we rationalize or we justify or we try to convince ourselves that what we're doing or maybe what we're feeling on the inside is the best thing and the right thing. And then we'll end up making a decision without actually seeking God's word and seeking God's will and really listening to the voice of God and being led by the Holy Spirit so that we can avoid drifting off into a place that God never intended for us to go. You see, there's a difference between good intentions and God intentions. And we want to make sure that we're following God's good and pleasing and perfect will for our lives. And the only way that we can accomplish that is by being led by the Holy Spirit. So if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, I just want to encourage you today, and I know that there are some who may be watching, maybe you're not a follower of Jesus. Maybe you're you know, still trying to figure a lot of this stuff out as far as the spiritual things of God are concerned and how all that applies or relates to your life. Well, I want to encourage you to continue to listen to this message because, because when it's all said and done, I'm convinced that God is going to use this message to speak to your heart. But there's a verse of scripture found in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. And we shared this during week two of last week's message. And here's what it says. The apostle Paul wrote these words and he said, Walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. It's interesting that the Paul, the apostle, kind of likened our journey of life as a life that basically is a life where we're constantly moving. It is a life that is filled with ups and downs and twists and turns. There's a lot of stops and starts in life. However, what he's saying here is he said, walk in. That simply means that we are to be completely dependent upon, that we are to look to God and we are to be completely dependent upon the person of the Holy Spirit who lives within us and who wants to empower us so that we can live our lives in such a way, listen to this, so that we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. In other words, he doesn't say that we're not going to make mistakes. It doesn't say that we're not going to be tempted because, yeah, we're going to make mistakes. And yes, we will be tempted. And yes, there will be a lot of things that come against us. But he said, if we walk, if we completely are surrendered and we are 100% dependent upon the Holy Spirit to flow through us and to empower us, then here's the outcome. The outcome is, is that we will not fulfill the works or the deeds of the flesh. And those are those things in our lives that are unfortunately, they're, they're, they're the things that, that, that are in opposition to what the Holy Spirit wants to do 
in and through our lives. And so here's the thing that I think is so important. If we're willing to be completely dependent and be spirit-led in our decision-making, then one of the roles or purposes of the Holy Spirit who lives and indwells within us, and remember, we learned during week one that the Holy Spirit is God, and the Holy Spirit lives inside of us as followers of Jesus Christ. And one of his roles as our advocate, as our helper, is he wants to not only help us, but he wants to lead us and he wants to guide us throughout our lives. And that's why Paul said, walk in the Spirit. In other words, practice his presence day by day, moment by moment, be completely dependent. We learned last week, be under the influence, be intoxicated under the control of the Holy Spirit, and He will lead us, and He will guide us, and He will direct us in the direction that God wants us to go. Now, one of the most famous verses or passages of Scripture in the entire Bible, probably one that is most used and often referenced, especially at funerals, is the psalm known as Psalm 23. And I'm sure some of you know it. Some of you may even have it memorized. God has used it to speak uh, life and to give you hope and encouragement. But here's the thing that's interesting. Did you know that this actual uh, passage of Scripture has nothing to really do with death? Even though it's used a lot at funerals, the psalmist was not referring to death at all. In essence, the real truth that is behind this entire passage, this psalm that the psalmist gave to us when he wrote it, when King David wrote this, was to help emphasize the importance of being led by the Spirit. And in verses 1 through 3 in Psalm 23, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, and I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows, and He leads me beside peaceful streams. So one of the things that a shepherd does is what? He helps protect us. He helps guide us. He helps feed us. One of the things that it goes on to say is this, he leads me beside peaceful waters and then he renews my strength and he guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. So one of the most important truths that we can learn from Psalm 23 is that God wants to be our shepherd. And He uses the Holy Spirit in and through our lives to lead us, to guide us, to, to point us in the direction that He would have us go. Why? So that we can know God's good and pleasing and perfect will. So in order for us to be able to discern the voice of God and to really know that we are hearing from the voice of God and He's leading us in a certain direction, then there are some things that we need to stop doing and there are a few things that we need to start doing in order to walk in the Spirit, to be controlled by the Holy Spirit so that we can be led by the Spirit in all the decisions that we make. So quickly, I want us to look at four things that we need to stop doing if we really want to hear from the voice of God. And the first is this, I cannot follow culture 
that I cannot follow a culture that does not follow God. I think that's so important. We cannot follow a culture that does not follow God. And I think we would all agree to the fact that, unfortunately, we live in a world, we're living inside of a culture here in the U.S. that in many ways has literally checked out on God. In many ways has, has abandoned God's plans and God's purposes and has abandoned all moral authority, if you will, when it comes to the biblical principles and moral values of our society. And here's what I think what we need to understand. It's kind of like this. You cannot go in two directions at the same time, just like you can't chase two rabbits at the same time. Why? Because you'll be completely ineffective. In fact, the scripture says it this way in uh, the book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 2. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but notice, be transformed by what? By the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, His pleasing, His perfect will. You see, God has not called us to be conformers to this world and to this present culture, but rather God has called us to be transformers. And how do we help transform our nation? How do we help transform our lives? How can we become influencers rather than allowing others or this culture to influence us? Let me tell you how we do it. We do it by simply renewing our minds. We have to change the way we think. We have to start seeing everything through the lens of God. We like to say it this way here at Rethink Life. We want to help live with a new perspective. Because when we start seeing things from God's perspective, then and only then can we make better choices. And then when we start making better choices, guess what? We can make an even greater impact with our, with our lives. And so therefore, God wants us to be able to have that sense of impact. And the only way we can do that is by changing the way we think. So rather than being conformers, he wants us to be transformers. First John 2, 17 says it this way, the world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of the father, listen to this, lives forever. You see, we need to be reminded that everything that we look to and even lean upon or depend upon in this world is all temporary. The only thing that's going to last are the spiritual things, and that are people. And we need to understand that, listen, the spiritual things of God are the things that are going to last forever. The second thing we need to stop doing is, listen, we cannot follow friends who are not led by God. Now, I know this may hit home uh, to some of you who may be, um, may be close friends with people who are not believers. And I just want to say something that's very, very important. Listen, I'm not saying to completely cut your friends off who are not Christians. In fact, that's the last thing you want to do. But at the same time, the Bible says that we have to use wisdom. And one of the things that the scripture is very clear on is this. In 1 John 3 verse 7, it says, do not let anyone lead you astray. You see, if we're not careful, we can bend our ear to the opinions of other people. We can allow someone else's voice to actually speak louder than God's voice 
in our lives. I like to say it this way, your tribe determines your vibe. You see, our friends are like elevators. Our friends are going to either be taking us up or they're going to be taking us down. That's why Proverbs 13 verse 20 says it this way, walk with the wise and you will be wise. But notice, associate with fools and you'll get in all kinds of trouble. So we've got to understand that we cannot follow a culture that does not follow God, nor can we follow friends who are not led by God. The third thing we got to stop doing is we cannot look to other sources besides God. You see, I think one of the big temptations that even influence many Christians, in fact, I've seen this happen among especially the younger generation. We've all gotten accustomed to technology. We have technology literally in the palm of our hands. We have access to anything and everything humanly imaginable through our smartphones. The danger is, is that we can put so much focus on someone's personality and on someone's platform and maybe the, the voice of influence they are because they have all of these followers and because they have this big platform and maybe they're the leader of this, this big movement. But just because somebody has a big following or maybe has a popularity among them or about them or just because they are the guru or the expert in a specific area does not necessarily mean that what they say and what they do is in alignment with God's word and God's will. And that's the reason why the scripture says in 1 John 4 verse 1, he said, dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. You must test them to see if the Spirit they have comes from God, for there are many false prophets in the world. Now, I'm all for getting advice and, and getting input. I'm all for, because the Bible says that actually seek wisdom. There is wisdom in the multitude of counselors. But you just need to meet, make sure that if you open yourself up to the counsel from other people, that those individuals are not only followers of Jesus Christ, but they are walking and being led by the Holy Spirit. That whatever they say is from the Word of God and it lines up with the truth of God's Word. And so it's important that we understand that if we're going to hear the voice of God and we're going to be led by the Spirit, there are some things that we need to stop doing. And the last thing is this, and that is we need we must stop being led by feelings and circumstances. I think this one is huge. In fact, in Proverbs 14, verse 12, it says, there is a path before each person that seems right. It may feel right. It may seem right. It may look right. You may either have other people that say, oh man, that is definitely what you should do. But notice the outcome. It ends in death. You see, the problem with our feelings what we may be going through in the moment in terms of how we feel, the emotions that we perhaps are struggling with is this. All feelings are temporary. You see, feelings come and feelings go. And here's a thing that I've heard or a statement, I should say, I've heard on countless occasions when I've talked with uh, husbands and wives or a spouse that maybe they're going through a very difficult struggle or challenge in their marriage. And here's one of the common phrases that I'll hear. And that is, you know, Pastor Rodney, I just don't feel like I 
love my husband. I just don't feel like I love my wife anymore. Well, can I just simply share with you that the single worst thing we could ever do is to make a permanent decision on a temporary feeling. You see, love is a decision, not an emotion that we feel. You see, tired eyes will rarely see a bright future. So if you're exhausted physically and emotionally and you are drained spiritually or even mentally in your life, then you're going to start looking at your circumstances and you're going to be putting a false sense of dependency upon how you feel. And ultimately, those feelings or even your own circumstances can actually become a disillusionment to your life where they're leading you in the wrong direction. You see, don't build your life on your happiness because your happiness, if it's all built on circumstances, it's going to be a roller coaster ride. Sometimes what we may even, may even see as an open door may end up being a trap door if we are not using wisdom and discernment from the word of God. Because the Bible says even the devil, the he can appear as an angel of light. So listen, don't be deceived by maybe your own, you know, emotions and feelings nor be caught up by all the circumstances that maybe you're facing in your life. Don't go around looking for some coincidence to happen. Like you bumped into somebody at the grocery store, you know, and just, oh, you know, I just so happened to, you know, collide with this person's, you know, grocery cart and it must have been of the Lord. It was God's timing that I bumped into this person. Well, you know, here's the thing. Never use circumstances to discern God's will, but rather use your circumstances against God's word to confirm God's will. So listen, it is all about being led by the Holy Spirit. So here's what happens when we are led by the Holy Spirit. You see, when we come up under the control of the Holy Spirit, in other words, we allow the Holy Spirit to get behind the driver's will of our lives, and we yield ourselves, we surrender to His will. In other words, we want, we want God to be in complete control of our lives. We're letting go, and we're letting God have complete control of our mind, listen, our emotions, our will. We're allowing Him to have total control. And here's what happens. When the Holy Spirit is in control of our lives, the Holy Spirit, when we're filled, when we're controlled, when we are, are under the influence of the Holy Spirit, notice what happens. These balls in this glass here represent a lot of the negative emotions, a lot of the obstacles, a lot of the circumstances, the opinions and the voices and all of the things that other people are speaking into. But guess what the Holy Spirit does? The Holy Spirit will literally push that kind of stuff out of our lives. You know why? Because Paul said, when we are walking in the Spirit, we will not fulfill all of the things that the enemy can use to distract us and derail us from God's good and pleasing and perfect will. As a result, guess what? Our lives are pure. The Holy Spirit purifies us 
so that we can hear and we can see with clarity and with the purity and the innocence of the voice of God that is speaking into our lives. And so those are some things that we need to stop doing, and there's all, but there's also some things that we need to start doing when it comes to really understanding how to hear the voice of God and how to be led by the Holy Spirit. And the first is this, the first is this, and that is we have to make God's will our will. Say that out loud with me. Make God's will our will. You say, well, how do I do that? Well, we must have a willingness and a desire. That's the key, a desire to be led, to be controlled by the Holy Spirit, and then to do exactly what He is leading us to do. Because you see, when you come to know God, you learn to love God. And when you love God, you're going to want to obey God. You see, there are a lot of things that God has already told us to do through His Word. But the big question is, have we actually done them? Do we consistently apply them into our lives? You see, when we walk in the Spirit, when we come up under control, when the Holy Spirit is in control of our lives, and when we come up under His influence, and when He is behind the driver's wheel, and we take the back seat, and we're allowing Him to lead us and to guide us, well, guess what that requires? That requires faith. What does the Bible say? The Bible says that we are to walk by faith and not by sight. So there's a lot of things that we choose not to do, even though God says do it, because from our perspective, we've already rationalized and justified why we can't do something when God is saying, you've got to trust me, trust the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. But in all of your ways, acknowledge him. And what did he promise he will do? And he will guide and he will direct your path. In Psalm 40, verse 8, I love how the psalmist captures this. He says, I desire to do your will, my God. Your law is within my heart. Notice, the psalmist was already reading, was already meditating upon, already reflecting upon the truths of God's word. Therefore, because of that, it stirred up within him an even greater desire to know the things of God and to do the things of God. The second thing that we need to do to hear the voice of God when we're being led by the Holy Spirit, and that is God's will is found in God's word. So the first thing is we have to make God's will our will and then realize, number two, God's will is found in God's word. I love what the psalmist says in Psalm 119, verse 105. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. I know and you know that if we are not spending time in the word of God, that simply means we're going to be spending the vast majority of our time living and walking and making decisions in the dark. (laughs) Because the only way we can have God's wisdom and God's light shine on our paths to light up and illuminate the direction, the path that He wants us to take is by spending time with 
hill. Why? Because God's will is found in God's word. So it's important, rather than spending all this needless time and energy asking God for a sign, what we need to do is spend more time in the scripture. So here's the thing. Knowing God's will is found in God's word. And in Psalm 119, verse 133, it says it this way. Guide my steps by your word, and then notice, so I will not overcome, be overcome by evil. So if you don't want to be overcome by the things of this world, if you don't want to be overcome by the opposition of our spiritual enemy, if you don't want to be sabotaged in your life or in your marriage or you know in your business or whatever it is, if you don't want to be overcome by the things the enemy wants to use to take you out, then you need to be walking, you need to be spending time in the Word of God, walking it out day by day, moment by moment, practicing His presence. And the reason for that is because the more you're in the Word of God, the more positioned you're going to be to understand and to know the will of God. The third thing, and we'll close with this, and that is, God's word is not a book to be read, but a voice to be heard. Listen, God's word is God's revelation to you and me. That's how God speaks to us. He speaks to us through his word. In other words, the Bible is God's GPS for you and for me so that he can help guide us and lead us, just like the great shepherd who leads us, who feeds us, who helps us, who directs us, who empowers us, who protects us, who's there with us, even when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. We don't have to fear any evil. Why? Because he is with us. And he's there to protect us and to guide us, to speak to us and to lead us in the direction that he would have us to go. You know, many ways, I think sometimes we find ourselves um, looking for something pretty sensational or something big, as I stated a few moments ago, maybe in the form of a sign or a circumstance that makes it clear and obvious that God is trying to say something or get our attention or maybe maybe serve as a confirmation that we're doing the right thing. But God has a unique way of speaking to us. Remember, God's ways are different than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. There's no way in the world we can understand God's thoughts unless we spend more time studying His Word to learn how to know and understand really how God thinks. I love what Um, The scripture teaches us through a story about the prophet Elijah. Remember, he was the one who called uh, out the, you know, the prophets of Baal and, and um, basically it was a big showdown and, you know, where, where, um, you know, Elijah called for, you know, the fire from heaven to fall and, and it was just an incredible situation. And then after that, um, you know, Queen Jezebel, she was all upset and she basically wanted to take, there was, she put a bounty out for, for Elijah's life. And so he ran, he fled for his life. And here he was in this moment where he was defeated and discouraged. He went and hid. And the Bible says in 1 Kings chapter 9, verses 11 and 12, I love this. 
God told Elijah, he said, go out and stand before me on the mountain. And the Lord told him, he said, and as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. So here there are all these circumstances and all these big things that were happening. But notice how God chose to speak to Elijah. And here's what it says. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. In some translations, it says, a still, small voice. Maybe that's what God is trying to do. Maybe He's trying to speak to you through that gentle whisper, through that tug on your heart, through that leading of the Holy Spirit that is speaking to your conscience, that is speaking to your heart. God's Word is being revealed to you as you're reading reading it and as you're reflecting upon and as you're meditating upon and as you're memorizing it, as you're living it and you're applying it and you're obeying it, as you're doing all of these things, as you're walking in the Spirit under His control and under His influence, maybe it's the gentle whisper that God wants to use to point you in the direction that He wants you to go. I can't tell you how many times that's happened to me where it was just that tug, it was that little gentle whisper where I knew that God was leading me in a certain direction. And I believe that there may be some of you that are watching, and you know what, maybe that's where you're, where you're at today. And God has been speaking to you, and maybe what you need to do today, once and for all, is just to simply say, God, I want your will to be my will. God, I want your will to be my will. Because when we have that kind of attitude, and that's our heart, God, I want your will to be my will, then guess what? God has a way of speaking to you and revealing himself to you through the voice of the Holy Spirit that will confirm to you exactly what he would have you do. You know, you may be watching today and, you know, as I stated at the very beginning, maybe you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, but here's the thing you need to understand. Maybe as you've been listening to this, that still small voice, that gentle whisper has been tugging at your heart. The Bible says, Jesus said in Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any person will just open up the door and will let Jesus in, he said he would come and take up residence in their heart. And I believe that maybe God is knocking on the door of some of your hearts today. Maybe that's that gentle whisper, it's that still small voice that's speaking into your heart and your life today to simply reveal to you now is the time. Today is the day to put your trust and put your faith in the person of Jesus Christ. Would you join me in a word of prayer? And as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed for just a moment, can I just say if you're a follower of Jesus watching and listening to this today, let me just remind you today, listen, let that be your heart. God, I want your will to be my will. The more you spend time with God, the more you come up under his direction and leadership and influence, the more you spend time in his word, I promise you that gentle whisper 
will become louder and louder in your heart. And for those of you today who've never put your faith in Jesus, can I just invite you right there, right where you are, to pray this prayer in your heart after me. Say, Dear God, I confess to you that I am a sinner, and today I turn from my sin. Jesus, I believe that you died and were buried and came back to life for me. And today, by faith, I'm inviting you into my life to be my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. Hey, if you prayed that prayer just then, I just want you to know you just made life's greatest decision. Would you do me a huge favor? Hey, would you, if you're watching on our website, just click those words, I decided, or maybe just put in the little chat there, I decided. We have some information that we would like to send to you and ask you to take a moment to fill out. And we have a booklet that we want to send to you immediately that will help you in your new walk in relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, hey, I'm so thankful you've chosen to worship with us today and to listen to this message. I pray it's been an encouragement to your heart. We can't wait for next week as we wrap up this series called Ignite as we learn how to live the Spirit-filled life. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, it would mean a great deal to us if you would consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. You can click on the share button, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories. And be sure to tag us at Rethink Life Church. To learn more about our church, check out RethinkLife.com. Until next time, hey, we love you and believe the best is yet to come in your life.